So she'd done it. Holy shit. Sometime while Nick and I were blinded by the snow, Vera had blown the whistle, issued the summons. I was breathing hard and fast, too afraid to even see straight, when we heard the voices. Nick and Vera turned in unison, gazes fixed on something behind my shoulder. My heart gave one beat and then forgot to beat again. I couldn't even draw a breath. Then I turned and saw them, dark figures cresting the cloud-wreathed peak we'd hiked up, spilling over rocky cliffside where we stood, men and women dressed in black, agents from the Department of Defense. Nick grabbed my hand and jerked me down the snowy slope, toward a thicker grove of Douglas firs framing the outer rim of the mountain. My numb feet, pounding over snow and frozen stone, didn't hurt anymore except near the bones. My lungs felt like they were on fire, and eventually they just hurt all the time. The only way I knew I was still breathing was because I was still moving. All I could think, as I flung my legs out, clutching Nick's hand, was that I felt so trapped. If the DOD got me, I'd be labeled a traitor. If we managed to outrun them and the aliens arrived, my life was over anyway. For one sweet moment, I allowed myself to go to the dark place I would go to sometimes during the worst days after Dad died. The place was filled with relief because if I die, at least it would be over. No matter what happened, eventually it would all be over. I tripped over something, pitching forward, and Nick's arms closed around my waist. Faster, Milo, please. His fingers, now gripping my own, tugged so hard I thought my hand might pop off my wrist. I can't, I panted, but I tried anyway. As we ran into the trees, Nick called, Vera. I saw a streak of red somewhere up ahead, a flash of color in the dim and snowy grove, but she didn't turn back toward us. Was it her fault they'd found us? Was she trying to force Nick's hand? She was powerful, so obviously powerful. Why was she running at all? The snow under the trees had turned to sheets of ice, and with every step I skidded. I heard shouts, the agents calling for us to stop, and deep, menacing barks. It's okay, Nick panted, shoving me ahead. Just keep moving. Adrenaline made my limbs jerky and uncoordinated. The slope had gotten steeper and I was flying down it now, my stolen lab coat flapping behind me like a cape. Nick caught my elbow, and at that instant, Vera shrieked. In the beat of time between her scream and our plunge, Nick's fingers found mine, and he clasped our palms together. When the trees and the ground disappeared and we soared over the edge, the world seemed frozen and my legs scissored uselessly. I heard a smack below us, Vera hitting the ground, as I toppled into true freefall, flipping end over end, my fingers grasping air, the frigid whoosh of the wind was deafening, I saw a glimpse of a narrow road cut through the mountain, then sky, then road, then sky, and then my hair blew into my face, I had only a moment to wonder how badly it would hurt, dying from impact, when I smashed into something, hard. I moaned, and then my lungs screamed for air. I gasped, coughed, gasped again. Once I was breathing, my feet started throbbing, my bloody, bare feet. And if my bleeding feet were still my most painful body part...
With all my strength, I pried my eyes open. I was lying face down. I was lying on top of Nick. Nick, who was on his back, his head lulled to the side on what looked to my bleary eyes like asphalt. My face had been buried in the spot between his ribcage and his underarm. As I looked down at his face, he turned his face toward me and his eyelids fluttered open. His eyes rolled back into his head before they focused on my face, exposing a sea of broken blood vessels. I watched, horrified, as a line of blood trailed from the corner of his lip.